Hello and welcome back to Two Guys in a Closet, episode three. Uh, it is once again I, Casey, and Topher, and Topher, and uh, Happy Valentine's Day. That's right. It is February fourteenth, the day of love, and so we thought we'd do something special. Uh, earlier today, Topher texted me and he goes, "Casey, I think I got a good idea for to for the topic for the podcast." And I was like, "What is it?" And he goes, "You know, we should do South Carolina folklore." And I was like, you know what? That's it is. It's Valentine's Day. If I had that on a Valentine, I would fall in love instantly. And so uh, we we got some we got some stories for you. Uh, I found this book uh, actually that's called Haunted South Carolina: Ghosts and Strange Phenomena of the Palmetto State. Uh, it's on um, Google. Uh, you could buy on ebook for like seven ninety nine. I highly recommend it. This thing is awesome. It's got just the most ridiculous. Uh, everything from just absolutely retarded to just kind of, kind of spooky, kind of spooky. And so uh, we're, we're going to be just reading a few of our favorite parts from it. Um, some of these we'd, we'd never heard of before, but a lot of them we actually have. We, we both born and raised in South Carolina, so we've heard tons of stories uh, our entire lives. And uh, we, we, we feel like they're good enough to share with the rest of the world. But, you know, uh, before we get to that, uh, Topher... Do you have any uh, personal, personal spooky stories, weird, strange lore that uh, you've encountered personally? Actually, growing up in the neighborhood that I grew up in, it's called Ramsey Acres, and there was a, I guess a folklore, I guess you could say. Uh, a, a, a local, very, very localized ve- very story. Very local, very local, actually. A rumor? Um, yeah, it was called, uh, there was a ditch uh, system in the neighborhood that I grew up in and near the end of it, there's the end of the ditch and it was violent rocks and everything. Like I'm talking like you ever seen a rock hold a knife up to you? No. That's no. exactly what it was like. It was like the wrong type of game. Wait, I've territory. seen a knife on a rock. Does that does that count? No. Oh, okay. No. Uh well it anyway. Was the, the gang violence? Is yes. Me- <laughs> that's that's what it was. There's it was divided and everything. Um <laughs> Okay. But it was called Dead Man's Creek. And uh, I was always told, you know, after a certain amount of, you know, certain time during the day to not go over there. And, uh, you know, being young and hearing these types of things, you you realize that, you, you know, maybe I shouldn't do that. Well, I mean, needless to say, I started asking around the people that lived near it. And uh, it turns out that there was a, uh, a, a bad storm that came through one night and uh, somebody got blown off their bicycle and landed into this creek and hit their head on on said sharp rocks with knives and died and died. He died. Yeah, yeah. And it was like three weeks later that they they found the body and everything. But the house that that was like overlooking the ditch still to this day no one lives in it. Yeah. So is there is there a ghost in there? Uh, we don't know. Or, uh, I mean, it's just that's what I was saying when I was young. They just told me not to go over there after a certain amount, you know, a certain time. They probably don't want you to fall in and die like he did. I mean, <laughs> well, it turns out that the guy there was eventually, you know, as you get older, you learn to ask the right questions and everything. And uh, turns out the guy was a drug addict, and uh, he was going, he was riding his bicycle through through the street during a hurricane and got blown off of his bike and landed in the ditch. While going to score some drugs, <clears throat> Frank. I mean, that, that's that's what that's what people on bicycles in Ramsey do. Yeah, right? no, I mean, I get that, but I, like I said, you know, no, no. <laughs> I still to this day, I don't understand why the the house is still empty. It's an it's a pretty <clears throat> nice house. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Um, you probably get it for dirt cheap. I yeah, mean, you probably could be like, I want the one the dead guy died next to. Because I want that one. But, I want uh, a ghost. But yeah, you know, so that that's just my story. You know, I figured since this is what we're got we got going on. Yeah, per, personal personal stories. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say I guess that fits in. Um, yeah, I think it'd fit in better if it was haunted. It was like a haunted ditch, or like, well, I'm not gonna or say his that. soul now possesses one of the rocks. <laughs> and if you hold it up, you can hear it. You can you can almost just barely hear. Help me, I'm a rock. Fuck! I'm gonna cut you so good. You know, I wish I didn't cut you. <laughs> I've felt the feel of a human touch in so long. Please, <laughs> take me with you. No, but uh, I, I I don't really I don't have anything that I've I've really had happen to me. I guess uh, I, there there was a running gag a couple years back where you know there was like a ghost that followed me around and hid my shit. 
Oh, oh, dude. Because you are haunted. I'd find like my wallet in my fridge, and this was back before like I drank or really anything. So it's like you were fucking haunted. Either someone was fucking with me, or like I I had a genuine fairy following me along, just trying to piss me off. No, he. That's 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 like the only experience I have with it. No, no, but but, um, you were haunted. (laughs) But let's. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and move on and move into uh, our favorite segments of this book again. Uh, it's called Haunted South Carolina: Ghosts and Strange Phenomena of the Palmetto State. I it, it just the, these are fascinating stories. I absolutely love them, and they're all they're all in my state. So to to really, I think to feel out like exactly how a state is populace wise, like how the people are. Look at the weird shit they got going on. You could be like, okay, yeah, these people are kind of sane. They want attention, but whatever. And then there's like, oh, these people are batshit insane. Don't even go there. It's not a good idea. They're a bunch of cultists. So the first story we got for you guys is the Lake Murray Monster. Uh, So just to kind of give you a little bit of background information, uh, Lake Murray covers more than about 50,000 acres and has roughly 500 miles of shoreline. It was named after William Spencer Murray, an engineer who, with his partner T.C. Williams, developed a plan to build three dams to generate power and maintain a constant flow of water into the Santee River. It began construction in 1927 and was supposed to be the largest earthen dam in the world at the time. Uh, The dam was completed in 1930, and it stood 200 feet high and ran a distance of a mile and a half across Lake Murray. Now, now this this was a very big construction. It took a lot of effort to do this. Thousands of people had to be relocated, but you know, who cares? You know, it's all it's 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 free power. It's free power. So, <laughs> um, what happened was, is that after all of this, people apparently started seeing a lake monster. Now, the first sighting of the Lake Murray monster occurred in 1933. The beast, affectionately dubbed Messy by locals, was observed swimming in the newly created lake by several residents of Irmo and Ballantyne. Is it, you think Nessie is, like, I trademarked at all? Like, I, I think at this point it kind of is. I mean, shit. <laughs> you know, they, they're not going to call it Nessie. That'd just be, that'd just be stupid. <laughs> the monster has consistently been described as being between 40 and 60 feet long, with the head, of, <laughs> with the head and body of a snake and the tail of an eel. So, like, I, I, my first thought is oarfish. If you don't know what an oarfish is, look it up. I get that this is fucking fresh water but i i don't care i mean it's it, there there are things out there that look like that no but but think about it he, he's got the body of a, a snake and the tail of an eel isn't that isn't an eel just like literally just a water snake I, yes i mean what you have this? water snakes but so, what, what is this shit <laughs> anyway uh so there's a, a lake murray biologist named Lance Harper, who keeps a file on all the recorded sightings. <laughs> and he puts a great deal in the credence of testimonies, because to his knowledge, none of them were under the influence of drugs or alcohol when they encountered the monster. Well, he's just like, so were you, were you drunk? Nah, I don't think so. I don't know. I was, what about, what about, I was on a boat fishing. I don't think I was drunk. Like, <laughs> What about high on drugs? Were you high on pot noose at the time, sir? I don't know. This giant fish came down with wings and God opened his arms. and Say, like, I'll take that as literal. That is literal. <laughs> You're normal. That's how it went down. But uh, the thing is, uh, let's see here. Most of the witnesses have described a big aquatic beast simply swimming or diving in Lake Murray. A few, however, depict the creature as being highly aggressive. Uh, and to me, it's like, how do you see it like going in the water? And you're like, wow, that thing would really like to kill me, I bet. <laughs> it's highly aggressive. I mean, what? Did it just like pop out of the water with like badly drawn, angry eyebrows? It's <laughs> really mad. Looks like it flicks you off <laughs> of the water and goes back under. It's, that's, it's prejudice, man. It's, it's highly aggressive. Um, so we have we have one for example buddy browning which is totally a real name was fishing from a boat in a small cove with his wife shirley which is also a real name no this and and their friend cord brazel (laughs) that's not a real name (laughs) when a large scaly head surfaced from the water and began swimming in their direction whenever their boat approached the spot where the creature was resting Several times the beast came so close to the boat that Buddy could discern that it was not a large fish, an eel, or an alligator. 
How do I just do a voice? It was unlike anything I ever saw before, and I have been fishing Lake Murray for over 20 years, Buddy said. <laughs> Shirley said that when the creature tried to climb into the boat... Oh, wait, no, you should do a voice for that one, too. <laughs> Shirley said that... <laughs> when the creature tried to climb into the boat, Buddy hit it with a paddle to drive it off. <laughs> So it tried to climb into the boat. I don't know how. It's like 60 feet long. I think it'd like capsize your boat. Now so, it has tiny arms. So Buddy picks up a paddle and just starts fending it off like fucking Luke Skywalker. <laughs> beating it in the face. Buddy dismissed the possibility that the animal could have been an alligator. Because alligators are not native to the lake. It, what is... I mean, he's clearly saying this thing was 60 feet long and like wasn't an alligator. And Are you sure? And he was like, well, they're... They're not in this lake. Have you seen that movie Lake Placid that hasn't been out yet? This is why I told people that's what it looked like. Because everyone knows alligators aren't in this lake. (laughs) (laughs) Messi launched another attack against fishermen on the lake in October 1996. Dude, that's like literally like fucking 50 years later at least. A caller to... 50? What the fuck? No, he got attacked in... When was Buddy attacked? It didn't say when Buddy was attacked. I don't know. I'm assuming uh, another one. So before 1996. Um, a caller to radio station to w- 104.7 told the disc jockey <laughs> that he was fishing off Shell Island when he saw a fin two feet long rise out of the water. He flipped a lure right in front of the creature and it bit his fishing rod in half. What? Wait, so it jumped out of the water and like... All I had left was just the handle. Just bit his fishing. You would... What? All right. Come on. All right. I've seen enough videos on YouTube of people fishing in the ocean and getting drugged into the water. Wouldn't it just... So that's it? That's all he has to say about that? He he jumped up and bit it in half. What it looked like? I don't know. He bit it in half. (laughs) He jumped out of the water. I couldn't really see. No testimony of this guy? It was was cloudy that day. The last reported sighting of the Lake Murray monster occurred in 2002. A woman was driving across the dam with a friend when they noticed long flowing ripples radiating out of what they described as a wavy, curvy, long thing. Yeah, that's messy in calm water. No, they nailed it. That's exactly proof. Later, the driver said that there was nothing else on the lake that could have disturbed the water in that moment. Not surprisingly, the people of Irmo are retarded. No, I'm just kidding. That's not what it says. The people of Irmo have have benefited financially from the notoriety of their lake monster. T-shirts and hats displaying images of messy... No one knows what it looks like. The blah blah blah. They they fucking ripped the name off. No one... It's not real. The end. Alright, so that's... <laughs> That's the monster. That's the Lake Murray monster. Everyone, go get your T-shirt. Where, where's where are the T-shirts sold again? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Who cares? Somewhere, somewhere there. Just, just Google it. Oh, it says gift shops and, and and gas stations. It's in gift shops, gas stations, and restaurants all over town. Visitors can also purchase a fifty-page booklet. <laughs> That's just called a book. I'm sorry. That's a book. Fifty page. Like what? Does oh it my have God. pictures? Because I don't read books that don't have well, pictures. I don't read books that don't have pictures. Uh, we, we were going to do the, the, the Bigfoot, but eh, I don't know. Like once you One, big, one Bigfoot story. It's, it's the same Bigfoot. It's, 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 it's the same Bigfoot. Yeah, it's literally the same Bigfoot. He just travels. He just travels. He, he runs around. So, the, so this next one, uh, I, I'm actually going to add some, uh, some spooky background music because this is a mystery of the Swamp Girl. So, uh, alright, music should be playing now. So, uh, I'm I'm gonna tell you the full tale. One of the world's most popular and prevalent ghost stories is the tale of the Phantom Hitchhiker. Hundreds of variants of the story can be found throughout the world. As a general rule, the story focuses on a young woman in a white dress who is hitchhiking along a lonely road at night. A driver, usually male, stops his car and asks her where she is bound. Hey bitch, how much? (laughs) (laughs) She replies that she is going home, and she gives him the street address. He tells the young lady that he's headed in the same direction and offers her a ride. She climbs into the back seat and says nothing the entire way. When the driver arrives at the address the girl gave him, he turns around and she's gone. 
He walks up to the house and speaks to an elderly woman, who informs him that her daughter was killed on that very road years before. Every year on the anniversary of her death, someone picks up a girl and brings her to this address. Rosemary Ellen Guiley, author of the Encyclopedia of Ghosts and Spirits, says that the story most likely originated in Europe and was brought over to the United States by immigrants. The story of South Carolina's Swamp Girl is one of those variants that retains the basic structure of the original story, but also contains elements reflecting the geographical area in which it is told. According to most of the versions told in Central South Carolina, one rainy, foggy night, a man driving through dense swampland on a dark stretch of highway between Sumter and Columbia spies a young woman standing on the Sumter side of the Watery River Bridge. <laughs> wait, wa wait, water, wait, water, watery, river. it's yeah. a watery river? Yeah, I mean, are you fucking kidding me? It's jokes on you guys, it's dry. Oh, that ruined the fucking story. Alright, let's get back in the mood. She is usually described as wearing a silvery gray dress and carrying a canvas travel bag. She climbs into the back seat and tells him that she needs to be taken to a specific address on Pickens Street in Columbia. No, is it really Pickens? Yeah. It's really Pickens. <laughs> Pickens. It's oh, shit, a, a dress on Pickens Street in Columbia to tend to her ailing mother. Just before the car reaches the Columbia side of the bridge, the man turns around to ask her a question, and she is gone. In one version dating back to the 1950s, a man and woman pick up the girl. After she vanishes, the woman becomes so distraught that her husband drives her directly to the hospital in Columbia. While his wife is being treated, the husband drives to the Pickens Street address, where the owner of the house informs him that she was the sister of the girl on the bridge, who was killed in an automobile accident on the Swamp Road just after the Watery Bridge was opened. She opened. It's a, it's a <laughs> I can't get over that. It's so dumb. She returns to the site of the accident every year on the anniversary of her death. So that's 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 pretty much the end of the story. It kind of keeps talking about how it's more of like the same story, the vanishing hitchhiker. I think I think it's a good story, but I, you know, it's it's generic. I guess you could almost say this is like it this came is, from it, Europe. I don't know how it got. I here. mean, you could say this is almost more widespread of a of a phenomenon than Bigfoot. Pickin' Street. Pickin' Street. <laughs> where are you from? Yeah, uh, yeah. Years ago, we met these two chicks and we asked them where they were from, and they said Pickens, and we didn't realize it was it was in South Carolina, and we're like, oh, where's Pickens? And they're just like Pickens. Yeah, yeah. But what what state is that in? Yeah, what state? Pickin'. Okay. Very interesting. So uh, <laughs> that's that's the story of the Swamp Girl. All right, cut the music. It, it's been cut. Oh. He can't hear it. No one can hear it. I haven't added it yet. Oh. But it'll be there. So, uh, yeah, like I said, Haunted South Carolina Ghosts and the Strange Phenomena of the Palmetto State. You can buy it online as an ebook for $8. That's all the stories that I'm really going to use out of that because I, you know, I, I don't want to get copywritten or nothing. So we're going to switch over to good old uh, Wikipedia for a lot of these descriptions because, you know, I've heard of this stuff, but I have no idea what it is. So, you know, you're learning with us. And I think that that's special. And that's why it's, it's special Valentine's Day spooktacular. So <laughs> the next the next one we have for you is called the uh, the Boo Hag. Uh, I don't know if anyone's heard of the Boo Hag. I think it's become a little more popular. Uh, it's a product of Gullah culture. So, you know, it's here. Um, so according to the legend, Boo Hags are similar to vampires. Unlike vampires, they gain sustenance from a person's breath as opposed to their blood by riding their victims. That sounds hot as fuck. It sounds rapey. Um, so they have no skin and thus are red. In order to be less conspicuous, they will steal a victim's skin. Holy shit. <laughs> and use it as for as long as it holds out, wearing it as one might wear clothing. How's the tread on my feet? <laughs> Do they have the little, like, balls and, like, dick? Like, you remember? Have you ever seen it where, um... It's like people would make like skin pants. Like, oh god, what were they? Druids? There was some kind of like 
I think it was some kind of druid, like, way back when. They'd literally, like, make skin pants, and they'd keep the scrotum. <laughs> and they'd put little coins in it and stuff, because it was like... It's a coin purse! Look, that's why they call it that. Oh, dude, that makes so much so, sense So, th now. this guy basically wears a full-on onesie with all of your skin. Um, they will remove and hide this skin before going riding. What so are they riding? You? That sounds like a good motherfucking time. Yo, if the boohag comes in and it's dummy thick, it can ride it all. It can ride me all at once. That's all I gotta say. Uh, when a hag determines a victim is suitable for riding, uh, the hag will generally gain access to the home through a small crack, crevice, or hole. Uh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> is is it talking about the home being your body or your actual home? access because to the home? It it's, it's your my home. Small crack. I'm gonna be. I'm. I think that's happening. Uh, but yes, I think yes on both those questions. Uh, so, the hag will then position themselves over the sleeping victims, sucking their breath. You know, this sounds a lot like, um... My ex-girlfriend. Like, uh, night terrors. Yeah, like, like sleep paralysis? Yeah, like sleep shit. paralysis, where people wake up and they feel like a demon's, like, on their chest. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's where this is from. I'm gonna keep reading. Uh, this act renders the victim helpless and induces a dream, a deep dream-filled sleep. Oh yeah, so it's like lucid dreaming and sleep paralysis. All right, so this has to be like where sleep, uh, like invented by sleep paralysis. The hag tends to leave the victims alive so as to use them again for their energy. However, if the victim struggles, the hag may take their skin, leaving the victim to suffer. <laughs> After taking the victim's energy, the hag flies off. It flies, uh, as they must be in. Their skin by dawn, or be forever trapped without skin. Uh, when the victim awakes, they may feel short of breath, but genuinely the victim only feels tired um, or skinless, I, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> like, right? An expression sometimes used in South Carolina's, don't let the hag ride ya. You gotta say it gullah like that. Don't let the hag ride ya. <laughs> I can't do gullah. I don't. Uh, th that was Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this expression may come from the boo hag legend I, I think yes i guess it rides it's a hag don't let the hag ride you this expression might have to deal with this legend well there is one way to keep the boo hag away from you though do you want to know what it is uh yeah i don't think it's not telling me how to how to prevent this thing from Apparently, riding my it ass is seriously ocd and it has to count things so like a broom which uh, I know that's really popular right now, standing the brooms up. So all you got to do is stand up as many brooms as you possibly can. I mean, you, you, you can't just stand a broom. You know that was only for one day, right? What? Standing the broom up. It was only for like one day. Well, fuck. We're all screwed then. Anyways. It was the Earth's axis was rotating in a certain place. That's why it stood up. Oh, it wow. wasn't like a meme where people are just doing it. Well, I just got learnt. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Uh... Your, your hairbrushes, they like to count things. There's stupid OCD about it. So get like the most brittle broom you can because when the straw breaks off of it, it has to recount again. So it has to just count shit? Yeah. It, it, like, so, what if I, so what if I slept in a ball pit and all the balls were like the same fucking color so he couldn't fucking keep track? I, well, I you would... Damn, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> He'd, he'd walk in, he'd walk in, he'd be like, I'm gonna get this motherfucker. He'd look at everything, he'd be like, fuck this. He'd turn, close the fucking door. He's like, that's too much. Walk no. across the hallway. Nah, that's too much fucking. I'm gonna go get the kid that's in his bedroom with like a dresser and a bottle. <laughs> like, that's all he owns. Walks across the room into my room. Oh man, Topher's got way too many Hot Wheels. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he'd walk in, he'd look at all the shit all over your room. He'd be like, fuck this too. Let's sleep in a all right, guys. Sleep in a ball pit, okay? If you, if you sleep in a ball pit, the boo hag can't get you. But what if what if he comes back the next day after he's already kind of like separated the balls? Does the boo hag have the ability to like form a vendetta against you? Like he keeps coming back. Like I'm gonna get his ass. <laughs> One day he's not gonna be asleep in that ball pit. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna follow you around for the rest of your life. He keeps coming back with like different ways to get me. Like he, he brought a marker and he's gonna mark all of the ones he counts off, but they keep rubbing off, so he gets pissed off. He leaves. Oh. Oh, his vendetta is going to continue to keep growing, too. He decides one day, haha, I'm just going to throw them out of the pit. And then I'll, I'll, he gets to the bottom and it's just a note that says, haha, I got you. 
I'm I'm across the hall. He's just fuck. <laughs> like, Shit. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, so so that's the boo hag. So I, I'm like 99 percent sure that that this is sleep paralysis. That this was inspired by sleep paralysis because it definitely sounds like every, anyone who experiences that will tell you it was like a demon was on my chest and I couldn't move. And that it's the exact thing that this... And it rides you. Have you guys ever seen uh, This is the End with, uh, you know, Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen <laughs> and James it. Franco? Where Jonah Hill gets raped by the demon? It was really a boo hag. It was a boo hag. That's what it was. <laughs> this one's more of a, a fucking Valentine's Day thing right here. <laughs> how is... Th- how is this even remotely related to Valentine's Day? We're, we're doing the one about Alice in the... No, no, no. <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, this next one's called uh, The Lizard Man of Scape or Swamp. What are you talking about? Happy Valentine's, totally Valentine's Day. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, apparently South Carolina has a fucking lizard man. <laughs> so, it begins... Um, Wait, so we've got Bigfoot and a lizard man? I want to see them fight. It'd be like and King, we've got a Loch Ness it'd, monster? It'd be like a small version of King Kong versus Godzilla. That's what it would be, except be like six feet tall, <laughs> seven feet. I mean, they'd be big, but it would be like, ah, don't knock over the traffic cones instead of buildings. So here's, here's how it starts. On July 14th, 1988, the Lee County Sheriff's Office investigated a report of a car damaged overnight while parked at a home in the area of Browntown outside Bishopville, <laughs> South Carolina. I'm going to take you to Browntown. <laughs> <laughs> On the edges of the scape or swamp. Yeah, I think that that's like, that's like the coolest fucking name of the world. It seems like it'd be some like location in Skyrim that I could fast travel to. Yeah, and I, I could just constantly mine iron ore and everything. <laughs> so the, the car reportedly had tooth marks and scratches with hair and muddy footprints left behind. Uh, Sheriff Liston Truesdale noted that this was the start of various claims that eventually coalesced into a story about a lizard man in the swamp. Prompted by the news of the vehicle damage, 17-year-old Christopher Davis reported to the sheriff that his car was damaged by a creature he described as green, wet-like, about seven feet tall, and had three fingers, red eyes, skin like a lizard, snake-like scales two weeks prior. That's very descriptive. Thank you, Christopher. Uh, According to Davis... He was driving home from working the night shift at a fast food restaurant when his car got a flat tire. Wait, I want to know what fast food restaurant Christopher works at. Probably the, the, the fucking drug dealer's house. After fixing it, he saw a creature walking toward him. Davis got in his car and began to drive, but the creature was soon on top of the car. He applied his brakes, causing the creature to roll off the car, giving Davis enough time to escape. Coverage by newspapers and media resulted in increased attention for his claims. Local businesses began selling Lizard Man t-shirts, and the local Chamber of Commerce encouraged the media attention as good for the community. I, I actually think that my stepdad has a uh, Lizard Man t-shirt. There's a bunch of men in suits up there like, guys, this is really good for us. We really need this. Holy shit. Where, where, where did you that again? Uh, uh, Brown Brown Town. <laughs> Brown Town. <laughs> Oh my god. So, the increase in newspaper and media publicity prompted further reports of sightings, and the area soon became a tourist attraction for visitors and hunters. Why don't we have, like, a fucking, like, Mothra or something here in Myrtle Beach? Be like, he's a hundred feet tall, he flies over in the moonlight. because we have the landmark, which brings people here just... It's Murder Beach for a reason, dude. (laughs) Local radio station WCOS offered a $1 million reward to anybody who could capture the creature alive. I would literally spend the rest of my life trying to capture that. I'd fuck a lizard and give birth to a half-human, half-lizard. There's there's ways to get whatever you want, dude. You just gotta think outside the box. (laughs) On August 5th, Kenneth Orr, an airman station at at, uh, Shaw Ace Bear uh, Force Base, Shaw Air Force Base, fuck, uh, filed a police report alleging that he had encountered the lizard man on Highway 15, and he had shot and wounded. I don't think it's not this, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. True. (laughs) <laughs> I see. Uh, and he shot and wounded it. He presented several scales and a small quantity of blood as evidence. This guy just dude, like this guy I, just tore apart his roommate's snake. You know, he I went in there and he's like, it, "Fuck dude. this thing!" I, I just thought of it. What? The guy, Dead Man's Creek. The guy that found him. He got. 
Dude, he got killed by the lizard man. Yeah, he obviously got killed by the lizard. It was probably tag team by Bigfoot. Bigfoot suplexed him and lizard came down with a fucking hammer. John Cena just... You can't see me now. That's really what happened. Uh, so this guy definitely just tore his roommate's lizard in half or something. Or recanted the, uh, this account two days later when he was assi- uh, arraigned for unlawfully carrying a pistol and the misdemeanor offense of filing a false police report. Oh, they didn't believe him. According to Orr, he had hoaxed the sighting in order to keep stories about the lizard man in circulation. You fucking idiot. Reports of the creature gradually declined at the end of the summer. Local law enforcement officials speculated that the sightings were likely to have been caused by a bear. In 2008... Wait. Hold on. Do bears? Do bears have scales? Yes. It's called a it's called a bear scales. Oh, they're there. Fair enough. It's under the fur. So in 2008, CNN mentioned the lizard man legend in a story about a couple in Bishopville, South Carolina, who reported damage to their vehicle, including blood traces. Dude, this thing gets around just as Hold on, quickly hold, on, hold, on hold on, hold on, hold on. The blood traces were subsequently found to be from a domestic dog, though the local sheriff suggested it might have been a coyote or well, these people like hit their neighbor's dog and went, It's the lizard man. <laughs> no, sorry, I love South Carolina. I love my hometown, but we're a bunch of fucking idiots. <laughs> Fuck, we hit the lizard man. Where's my dog? I don't know, but the lizard man got him. We hit him. <laughs> oh, as long as you got the bastard that did it. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Uh, where were In 2015, local television station WCIV featured photos and videos claimed to be lizard man, allegedly taken by unidentified individuals. If you, I guarantee you, that's the pictures that if you Google lizard man, it's like the guy in the fucking like obvious goddamn like plastic ass <laughs> Everything's rubber. He's got these like stupid looking figures. Like clearly, it's the, it's the blow up T Rex uh, costume. They're like, I want my million dollars. <laughs> oh my god! In August 2017, the South Carolina Emergency Management Division sent a humorous tweet regarding possible paranormal activity during the solar eclipse that passed over the area, hinting that people of Lee and Sumter County should remain vigilant for sightings of the lizard man. Speaking of Twitter, where the fuck are our tweets, guys? Oh my god, this is almost fucking stupid. So, what's worse than this story? This. Skeptical investigator Ben Radford states that the details of Chris Davis' story do not hold up under scrutiny. No fucking shit, you idiot. Why do we need some investigator? I bet you this guy thinks he's such a fucking genius. Like, everyone else is so, like, in, in everyone believes that, that, that that's real. Like, there's actually a, a lizard man running around. He's, like, the one guy in his mind that actually he's like, No, I gotta prove that lizard man's fake. And everyone's dude, there's like, there's a fucking we million dollars on it. There's a million dollars on the line. Everyone's like, dude, calm down. We, we know it's fake. I'm the only, I gotta share the light. I gotta show the light to everyone. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Sheriff Truesdale stated that Davis's story never wavered, but Radford right that that isn't true. <laughs> this guy got so mad that this was a, this was a thing. Over weeks and months of repeated tellings, the details changed many times, from having scales to a creature being packed with mud. What? How far away Davis was from? No shit. This guy's like. He's like going, he's like, this man is a liar. And everyone's like, uh, yeah, fuck. You don't need to tell us this. No shit. You it was fucking... obviously a bear or a fucking domestic dog. It's like, calm down, you fucking spurg. We know it's a joke. <laughs> so the the next one we got for you is actually a, a story that my grandmother told me. Um, she used to come down uh, to the beach with me and I'd go over and hang out with her every now and then. She'd all, We'd walk on the beach and she'd always tell me this story. Is it was was it always the same story though? I mean, kind of, because it, it was more like a reminder. Like she'd just like bring it up. It wouldn't be like she didn't have like a long story for me. She's just like, hey, this is happening. Um, so and uh, what it is is the gray man. Now, um, legend holds that the gray man is the ghost of a young man traveling from Charleston to see his fiance. On the way, he and his horse were caught in quicksand-like pluff mud in the marshes before Polly's Island and died. Uh, his spirit has haunted the shore nearby ever since, looking for the girl he loved. 
Now, um, in in the you know South Carolina ghost lore, uh, the Gray Man is a ghost reportedly seen on the coast of Polly's Island that warns residents of coming severe storms and hurricanes. And although you know there are many very variations of the legend, most say the Gray Man was first seen in 1822, three years before the town government was actually incorporated. Uh, the last reported sighting, funny enough was uh, actually just before Hurricane Florence hit back in, you know, 2018. Y'all remember that. Hurricane Florence, great time. And um, previously, just before Hurricane Hugo hit the area in 1989. Now, those of you who don't know what Hurricane Hugo is, uh, it, it, our, our entire state got fucked. I mean, shit was torn down. Everything was flooded. It was like the worst thing that's ever I happened think Florence here. Florence fucked us too, dude. I mean, it did, but like Hugo was on like a way, way bigger scale. I mean, you know, the thing, it caused like $10.3 billion in damage, and I'm pretty sure it was a Category 5. I'll get fucked. So, the legend of the Gray Man is every time, like right before these storms happen, apparently they see this this gray ghost of a man as they're walking across the, uh, you know, along the beach. Are you, are you talking about the old guy that, like, asked us for a ride? The no, other not day? the old guy that needed to pick up his prescription at Walgreens. That's just the man. This is the gray man. I don't know. He was kind of gray. <laughs> I don't know. He was kind of gray. So um, here, here, here's, a, a, I guess, a little bit of a story about the gray man. Um, this was right around when Hurricane Florence was hitting. It says, uh, Hurricane Florence is dangerously raging over the Carolinas with winds over 80 miles per hour, massive flooding, and millions expected to lose power. Officials warn, official warnings and evacuations orders came throughout the week. Over the last week, some South Carolinians were talking about a different folkloric warning sign, a ghost known as the Gray Man, believed to appear in the small town of Polly's Island as a harbinger of hurricanes. Wait, wait, wait. It's spelled G-R-A-Y. Yeah, G-R-A-Y. There's two ways to spell it. I know, it. but isn't gray the color gray, G-R-E-Y? It, it can be spelled both. I'm pretty sure G-R-E-Y is the English um spelling of it as in you know across the pond so is, is g-r-a-y like spanish or something no g-r-a-y is like america it's spanish um greece oh greece is gray in, in spanish and uh while there is a uh, disagreement surrounding details common to many ghost stories like who the gray man is supposed to have been and when he first appeared the tale's basic uh contours are generally accepted um, that, it basically talks about the man that's looking for his loved one. Now, when it comes to when you pass the gray man, apparently he's supposed to say, there's a storm coming. A storm cloud rolls in. A storm cloud rolls in. <laughs> and, and, you, and then that's when people like are like, what, what the fuck would you say to me? And then they turn around and look over their shoulder and he's gone. And apparently, you know, he does this right before hurricanes. And I mean, it's, it's prominent enough of a story to where my grandmother is like knowledgeable about it. Because I guess she well, she I mean, grew up in shit, South Carolina. It was like what nineteen or eighteen ninety something. It said that it's said to have started in eighteen twenty two. Yeah, well, I mean, Jesus it's almost two hundred years of gray guy just going, "Hey, a storm's gonna fuck your shit," and everyone goes, "What?" And he just kind of he's gone. I'll never know. I don't know why he's doing that. And, and, like out of all these stories, he should and, be pissed off, dude. No, I, I thought he was looking for his. I thought he was looking for his wife, not warning people that a hurricane was coming. Like when he's turned into like a weather forecast. Hey, bro, have you seen my bitch? <laughs> it's like I was looking for my woman, but I got really hard into meteorology, and now I like to warn people of upcoming storms. I think he's moved on. He's actually made peace with the idea. She's never. He's never gonna meet her again. Dude, watch, watch her be like secretly every hurricane that comes through now, like. The wrath of the woman, like the wrath of the woman. I don't understand why you know he died. He got to be a ghost, but his horse was just. Would he go like purgatory? Is that where horses go? That's fucked up. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know horse soul biology. I don't. The Bible's not very clear in what happens to horses. Ah, uh, what? Oh wait, I thought that said that the horse belonged to a sweetheart. No, no, it was his horse. They both died. No, I was. He say, got to be a ghost though, and talk about storms. So, uh, yeah, there, there, there's the gray ghost for you. I thought I'd throw, chip that in there. Not a lot of information about it. It's just a rumor. Everyone's like, oh, I think this is how it started. Ah, he, he, he's said to have said something that one time before the storm, even though no one really reported it until after the storm. So, so yeah, gray ghost. <laughs> 
I guess uh, moving on, the next one we have comes from Adisto Beach, uh, specifically AdistoBeach.com. This is literally on, on, on their city's webpage. And it is uh, The Legend of Julia Laguerre. <laughs> it begins, When the golden beams of the sun's light shine through the Spanish moss-draped trees at the Adisto Island Presbyterian Church. Dude, it sounds like it's going to be an epic-ass fucking of, movie, dude. It's, it's easy to think that a slow-moving shadow was just that, a shadow. But maybe it was something else. Oh, man. If this was voiced <laughs> by Morgan Freeman, dude, it would be It dope. was something else. As far as ghost stories go on the island, the Presbyterian Church, or more specifically, its graveyard, is home to one of the most popular haunts around. This is the story of Julia Laguerre. Coming soon, in 2020. Let's make a good movie. So, uh, back in the mid-1800s, Julia Laguerre was visiting family on the island. She became ill and slipped into a coma. Her family anxiously awaited the day that she would wake up, but that day never came. The family physician declared the young girl dead. Is that what, are we inserting like really creepy music in this one? Too? I don't know, sure. It starts now. No, no, we're going to play some Footloose first. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, now the creepy music's on. The, the child was lovingly dressed for her funeral where loved ones would pay her one last goodbye. Or so they thought. Dude, this is an epic movie. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> In those days, long before the deceased were treated with embalming fluids to preserve the body before burial, the ceremonial activities surrounding death were conducted at a rapid pace in order to avoid the inevitable decomposition. Poor Julia was buried on the same day of her death after her loved ones had a chance to pay their respects. Her little body was taken from the church and interred into the family's mausoleum. After she was placed inside the crypt, the marble door was closed and securely locked, providing a sense of finality to the tragic death of the child. Julia's family went on with their lives as best as they could after suffering the loss of a child so young and in time the pain of her death was replaced with happy memories from her life. After 15 years had gone by, another death in the family required the mausoleum to be opened. It was then that the family realized what a tragic error they had made. Julia's remains, which had so long ago been entombed, were crumpled at the foot of the mausoleum's door. She had been buried alive. Ha 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 one dead body! Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> it is thought that her respiratory and heart rates had dropped so precariously low that they were undetectable by the family's physician. He and, should be fucking fired. And so he declared her dead. He should be fired. <laughs> Oops, all dead. <laughs> ah, yeah, I think your daughter is dead. <laughs> I don't feel or see anything. He's kind of funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, hey, guy. <laughs> This led to the horrible realization that she had awoken up in her own tomb next to the entombed remains of long-dead family members where she was unable to escape. I'm sorry, but if I woke up in a tomb with dead bodies, I would... My heart would have stopped listen, right there. Listen, And had to wait for her actual death to come and free her of the terror she had woken up to. Imagine that. You just wake up and you're like, fuck, nah, I got Oh, damn. The fucking boo hag woke her up? The boo boo. The, the, the damn boo boo. The butt hag done woke her up with his fine ass. That thick the, the girl's remains were entombed once again, as were those of the relatives whose death led to the grim discovery, and the door was securely closed once again. Still reeling from the horrible discovery at the mausoleum, the girl's family members visited the cemetery to pay their respects. When they did, its door was open. Thinking that the door had to have been the result of being improperly secured, at the recent funeral, they shut the door again and walked away. A few weeks later, a clergyman at the church saw that the door was open and ordered it to be closed. This happened again, and again, and again. Just throughout add, the decades. Just, just, just add a, a reptan over that. It's just going to keep happening. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just bank on that. Just continuously happening. Just, you know. 
Maybe get some duct, duct tape. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Chains and unbreakable locks were used to keep it sealed tight, but they would always break and the door would open. As again. <laughs> as again. As little as 50 years ago, a door was put on that could only be removed by industrial heavy machinery, and that door was also opened. Little Julia must have been particularly mad at that door because it was not only open, but completely unhinged from the mausoleum. That's when everyone gave up trying to close the door. <laughs> I, me too. I'd be <laughs> fuck. We paid five, a quarter of a million dollars for that door. Are you fucking kidding me? To this day, that fucking selfish ass bitch ruined it. <laughs> to this day, the original door is nothing more than broken marble that sits in the grassy doorway of the tomb. Now that there is no door to the J.B. Laguerre mausoleum, it is thought that Julia's spirit can rest. But there are still some who say that she guards the mausoleum just to make sure that nobody dare get the notion to put a door back on the very building that killed her all those years ago. Dude, do you want to get like fucked up one night and go try to put a door there? I'm gonna get. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna put a bunch of plastic wrap so she walks through it and she's <laughs> like. <laughs> you seen that shit with the cats where they they jump over it and the animal like hits. Shit. Visitors head out to the church every year just to walk over to the cemetery and take a look at the mausoleum and walk inside. Some report feeling an essence around them, and others claim to have captured images on their cameras that cannot be explained. As for what Julia thinks of it, well, she seems as though she is fine with people visiting the tomb. Just don't even think about shutting the door. See, I, I, I like that story. I liked it. Yeah, it seemed... It was a little sad. The little Julia. Yeah, that would suck. That's like one of the worst ways to die, just entombed. Dude, I, I don't even know what I would think, dude. I, I You'd think, oh no, I'm going to die here, and then no, you would. I'd be like, <laughs> I'm really fucking hungry. I wish I had some Welch's gummies. I wish I had some dead people to eat. Oh, wait! <laughs> no, they're all bones, dude. I wish... <laughs> I, I don't know, that Which sucks. A day late and a dollar that sucks short ass. On that one. I don't understand why it continues to open. That's a that's a pretty elaborate print. Like, what what if you just sealed it closed with just full on cement? Like, not a door, but like this is now sealed with cement. It no, is now a six sided now, room. Because <laughs> then it would be a fucking doorway to hell. Like, literally, you want to talk about an angry spirit? An angry spirit of a child. What if, what if like, you sealed it? You sealed it with cement, and like you walk over there and you hear. <laughs> ah, you fucking put cement! You put fucking cement! This isn't a door! <laughs> this is the- You fucking cheated! This is the one thing a ghost can't go you through! You fucking cheated! That'd be fucking funny, I'd love that. Alright, that's it. That's that's the new thing we're doing this year on Halloween. We're going there with a fuck ton of wet cement, <laughs> and we're making a wall. We're gonna seal ourselves in a tomb and be ghosts. You think she would open the door for it? I mean, the too soon. Uh, do you think you think she would open the the wall for us if we got stuck in there? Uh, no. She'd probably be like, "Hey, welcome. Be our guest. <laughs> be our guest." That's how that happened. So yeah, I guess that is uh, that's the the the, the spooky legend of Julia Laguerre. Uh, I have to say, just interject real quick. Um, when it comes to South Carolina. It's actually one of the most haunted places in America, uh, really just specifically because of Charleston. It's like if, you're, if your class GPA had like the highest average out of all the classes in your school and it was just because one kid is a genius, that's kind of how it is. Charleston, everything's fucking haunted. There's ghosts everywhere. It's, it's like 300 years old. It's, I think more than that. I don't know. So uh, it's old as fuck. Maybe I don't know. I think it's about three. I don't fucking know. But it, all I know is there's cobblestone roads. Okay, like there's cobblestone roads. It's and, old and horses it, that it's take shits. Old. There's ghosts everywhere. You could throw a rock and hit a ghost. But uh, <laughs> so this really? is what I yes they yeah. make, they make ghost rocks. Yes, go, rocks die. Well, fun fact: you could pick up a rock and throw it into a lake, and you'd be the last person to touch that rock. <laughs> yeah true but um all right so our next story 
Uh, let's see, where it comes from Myrtle's Inlet, which is like 30 minutes not even away from Myrtle Beach. It's like right next to us. It's actually the seafood capital of South Carolina. literally five minutes away from where we're at right now. Okay, so, I mean, uh, it's like right next to... Myrtle's Inlet's like right next to Myrtle Beach. Um, and this is the, the legend... They're all legends. The legend of Alice the, Flagg. The legend. The myth. Let's see. Uh, it is a common story, the tale of Alice Flagg, but as one hears more details of this sad narrative, it becomes dazzling. For Alice Flagg is the most popular ghost on South Carolina's famed Grand Strand. The Alice Flagg story began in 1849 when she lived with her brother, Dr. Allard. Allard? Really? Alice and Allard. Whatever. There was no creativity Do- in that Dr. House. Allard Flagg. And their mother in Merle's Inlet. They lived at the Hermitage, which was the... Really? The Hermitage, I guess? Hermit? Whatever. Which was the seashore home of the owners of Wetchesaw Plantation. Dude, during what the, the f- fuck are up with all these words, dude? Wachesaw? It, it's Indian. Oh, it's oh, Native yeah, I American. Forgot. I forgot. Wachesaw Plantation during the colonial period. This is a case of the mother and brother becoming deeply involved in the life of a young girl when she fell in love with the man believed to be beneath her station in South Carolina aristocracy. Oh, basically. He was beneath her. Yeah. I am royalty. Not really. This sounds like a real... uh, Oh, this. This right here. This is the Valentine's Day special right here, guys. I guess here. Yeah, here it is. Uh, Every woman must leave her mark on earth, Alice's mother whispered to her. And how you can etch on this earth anything that's worthwhile if you attach yourself to this common lumberman. That's fucked up. This common bitch. This basic bitch. This wood sawing ass bitch. But Alice was obsessed with her young man and paid scarce attention to her mother and her brother. However, one day when the tall, clean-cut lumberman came to call and Alice was about to step into the carriage with him, her brother stormed out of the heritage and yelled, Wait! Oh, that was wait, did you say rape or ra- wait? I said wait. Oh. Um, okay. Uh, he refused to allow Alice to ride with her young man, and he forced the lumberman to ride a horse while he, Dr. Flagg, sat in the carriage beside Alice. Alice felt she was suffering under the tyranny of her family, and she hotly resented their under- unrestrained exercise of power. She was wretched, and for all she could tell, her mother and her brother didn't care. Wait. She was wretched? Okay, whatever. While her mother and her brother had extolled the virtues of falling in love with someone who would be a glamorous addition to the Flag family, Alice could not relate to their arguments, spoken with great fervor. Her acceptance... Her accepted... She... God damn. She accepted an engagement ring from her true love. From her true love. Dr. Allard Flag staunchly refused to allow Alice to wear the ring on her finger so she attached it to a ribbon and concealed it around her neck. As the days passed, she believed she was successful in concealing the ring, but one day her mother discovered the ring on her chest and another fighting match flared. The mother shouted at the lumberman who was... Wait, wait, did they duke duke it out, dude? I don't know. The mother shouted that the lumberman was deplorable and plebeian... (laughs) <laughs> you fucking pleb. You pleb scum and unfashionable as well. Worthy of no better than a common shop girl. No, you gotta say that a little bit more like a uh, higher class. Unfashionable. Unfashionable. Worthy of no be no better wife than a common shop girl. <laughs> After suffering undue abuse, Alice was unable to persuade her mother and her brother to change their attitude towards her betrothed. And under their bitter argument, she agreed to leave Merle's Inlet for Charleston, where she would attend school. Uh, Notice all these people just die going to Charleston. It's not worth it. But living in Charleston, with the change of terrain and the sensation of being alone in the pastel port city, plus what seemed to be a lifetime of grief over her lost love, took its toll on Alice. She became frail and listless and complained of some discomfort in the left side of her head. Lying on her bed, crying into her pillow. It, it must have been the, the fight with the mother. I don't know. Her mom Cancer. bopped her over the head. She gave hard. her a boop. Uh, she carved in her mind a track of her life without the man she loved, and the track ended. Always a blur, an indistinct ending to her future. When she had first arrived in Charleston, she had been able to look with stark clarity at her pre- predicament. 
But now it was blinding, a remarkable silence that she couldn't comprehend. Was she to survive this, she wondered. One night as she lay on her bed, although she was in the southern port city, she began to think that she was trying to walk in deep snow. It was a mystical experience as she pulled herself through deep white powder, struggling and then floating. The wilderness was on a grand (laughs) scale of sky-high white spires, ancient glaciers, and faraway valleys. Later that night, word went from the school that Alice had taken sick and should not be and should be sent home to her mother in Myrtle's Inlet. When her brother received the word, he left at once in his carriage, but the way was long and arduous. Four days later, he reached Charleston and found Alice incredibly fatigued, with no strength to even nod to him. Her stamina had evaporated and her nerves seemed in knots. He carried her to his carriage and... One of her friends packed her favorite dress for the journey. It was another four-day trip back home. The jostling and jolting as the carriage convulsed and bumped on the uneven roadway and across several rivers by ferry heightened Alice's nervousness. When she reached home, she was substantially weakened and soon lapsed into a coma and died. I'm not going to lie. The person who wrote this needs to put the fucking dictionary down, please. (laughs) Alice Flagg was dressed in her favorite dress for her funeral at All Saints Church, but her engagement ring had been taken away. Her corpse wasn't one of beauty. Her face, waxy, clearly showed pain of losing her true love and then her life. A plain marble slab engraved Alice was placed over her burial mound. Myriad friends and relatives say that they have seen Alice's apparition at her home, the Hermitage in Myrtle's Inlet and in the burial ground at All Saints Waccamaw Episcopal Churchyard. It is believed that she came back to search for her lost engagement ring. When a group of young people stood at the graveside of Alice Flagg, a ring suddenly flew off the finger of one of the girls. It took the group much of the day to relocate the, fi- the, the ring, but which was treasured. The girl had been unable to remove the ring from her finger for several years due to a weight gain. Fatty. <laughs> <laughs> Alice Flag. Okay, this is just history of her. Yada. I don't understand. No, yeah, no. But this is this is where it gets interesting, though, because I've I've actually heard this story a lot. Um, okay, there's like some you, kind of there's some kind of ritual when you. Yeah, this is what I was about to say. When you place the ring on, it is said. Yeah, it is also said upon visiting the resting place of Alice. If you start, if you start in the right bottom at the right bottom of her gravestone and walk around it six times counterclockwise. Then six times clockwise. Stop at the letter A on her marker and place a token of recognition upon her resting place. You can make a wish and it will be granted. If this ritual is done at the stroke of midnight, not only will your wish be granted, but the ghost of Alice herself will appear before you and probably kill you. You know what I'm going to wish for? That our fucking podcast is awesome. Dude, what if I did it at midnight and I was like, I wish I could fuck a ghost. And she was like, oh, wait, wait. <laughs> hold on. She's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> wait, hold on a second. Wait, wait, no, wait, fuck, no. <laughs> no, no, uh, this, is, this is in the olden times, so she'd be like, oh, wait, fucketh. <laughs> oh, oh, fucketh, shit. Shite. Uh but uh, so yeah, those are um, those are just a few stories that we we wanted to share with you guys. We thought were interesting uh, that pertain to South Carolina. Uh, I encourage you to look at your own state and see if you guys. I know all states have like these wacky laws. I know here you can't keep an alligator in a bathtub. That's a weird law. Even though I knew a guy that actually did that. That is literally the most badass thing. It's ever. like he went out of his way to break a law. But um, every state also has their weird like paranormal monster spooky ghost story shits honestly if if this actually takes off and we get a lot of stories about wacky laws from other places i say that we do just an episode on that i mean we could talk about them we could we could bring it up yeah no well yeah at least that all right well uh, that's all we got for you today uh, i guess we'll uh, do the sign off now tofer you want to go ahead and do the plugs since i did them last time dude what are you talking about i did them last time. no i did them no, it was me. Nah, how many times do I have to tell you? I did them. No, you you can tell me all day that. Well, you how about did this? Them. You do them now, and I'll do them next time. All right, I'm gonna hold you to that one. Okay. All right, you can find us on Instagram at Two Guys in the Closet, SoundCloud, also at Two Guys in the Closet. 
Um, Twitter, at, that is the at sign, 2GIAC. You can find us on Patreon, Two Guys in a Closet. Subscribe Star, also Two Guys in a Closet. Snapchat, Real2GIAC. And uh, we're also now on Red Circle, redcircle.com, kind of a new podcast hosting site, but you can find us there. Same thing as SoundCloud, 2GIAC. Again, we don't spell the number two, it's just the number two. So signing off, episode three, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, We'll probably call it something stupid like we always do. Uh, I am Casey. And I'm Topher. And this is it. All right, you ready to go to the bar? Yeah, okay.